Welcome to another episode of the Relax Just Love podcast. I have the pleasure to be sitting with Doug McNish. He is an award-winning vegan chef and author out of Toronto, Ontario. What's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for taking the time. I don't know for your, how it is in Toronto, but here in North Quebec, it is snowing. There's like 10 centimeters that fell of snow today so all the all the nice trees around me are all covered in snow looks like christmas oh yeah no it's uh we had a very light dusting today here in toronto it's um and it's cold but not a lot of snow quite yet but it's definitely a day to get snuggly and drink your drink your warm tea and just embrace being inside yeah unfortunately i gotta go to town so yeah i gotta get out after this i gotta go do groceries so yeah yeah. So what's going on with you right now? Because I know you um, you were telling me last time that you took a few months off of uh, social media. So what's going on with you? Where are you up to right now? Um, yeah, no, I have uh, several projects on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, now, as of the time of recording, this is the end of November 2021, coming into December. And I think it's a time to pause for me a little bit. You know, I'm still working. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm always working. Even when I'm not working, I'm working. Um, yeah. But uh, I think it's a good time to pause and reflect a little bit and look at the last year, certainly the last year, if not the last two years, um, and just and grow. I think that that's the most important thing right now. You come to the end of the year. Here in Canada, it's cold. It's dark. I think it's a time where you, you reflect, you hibernate, you rest, Um And sort of that's what I have going on. Um, you know, I, I'm so grateful to have several businesses that I'm working with operating. Um, and they're all thriving and doing so well. Um, you know, the whole plant-based and vegan movement is just the biggest in the world right now. Um, you know, I follow a lot of economics and, and, and everything. And I would hazard to guess that plant-based and vegan is one of the fastest growing um, business movements in the world right now. So I'm super grateful just to be part of it, even even a small part. What's your, uh, I'm a big fan of reflection. That's something I, I try to force myself to do every now and then to sit back and just think of where I come from, where I am and where I plan on going. What's the last two years been like? What's your, what's your reflection? What, what did you learn over the past two years? Wow. Uh, that is a great question. Um, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I think reflection is something that comes with experience and age. I think that when you're younger, you just sim- simply don't have it. You know, yeah. obviously there, there is, there is uh, you know, some people do have it, but I would say most don't. So, you know, it's something that I've really started to embrace. I would say only in the last five or six years of my life. Um, at the time of recording this, I'm 38, uh, turning 39 in a month and a half. And I would say it wasn't until I was 35 or 36 where I was like, whoa, I can, I had that experience. That was two years ago. And now here I am here and I have a similar experience coming. So how did I react back then? How should I react now? So I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, for me, 2019, uh, going back two years was a big time for me. I was uh, traveling all over the world. Uh, I think in the last six months of 2019, I counted over 100 airplanes in six months. 
Um, I was on the road 75% of my life, Europe, Australia, United States, Montreal, I was visiting. Um, and, uh, you know, and then coronavirus, and that, that all start, started. And it was a good time to, you know, obviously we were inundated with a, a lot on the news and the media. Um, and it was a good time to rest though, you know? And so as I reflect on the last two years, I guess a few things come to mind. Definitely. I think doing why I do what I do is a big one, you know, whether it's, you know, ego or, or money or, or celebrity or helping the animals. I think that is something I've really reflected on a lot recently. Um, my family, um, you know, I have a beautiful little boy, uh, Ewan and my wife, Candace, and, you know, having the experiences I've had in the last 10 years and doing what I do, I, I really have just come to understand that family is, in my opinion, the most important thing, um, you know, and just, I don't know, there's so much to reflect on. It's, it's been such an interesting time of life. Gratitude, I think, is uh, something that I've reflected on. Because, you know, I'm 38 years old. And when I was 27, I wanted to be famous. And uh, I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> I was a cocky young guy. Um, you know, so 10, 11 years later, not that I consider myself famous, but, you know, I've done the TV thing, done the autograph thing, done the blah, blah, blah. You know, here I am. I'm a rock star chef thing. So just reflecting on the last 10 years and saying, okay, what did I get from that? Was it what I expected, you know? And um, so I don't know, a lot, a lot to reflect on my friends. And I'm still going through it now. I think the last few months for me have been incredibly busy again. I've, I've launched another business in the United States, Help Launch, and I'm working on launching something else pretty cool for next year. But now that things have slowed down just a tiny bit, you know, more time for meditation, more time for journaling, more time just to look back. So, yeah. More time to speak to people like me. More time to, more time. Well, no, I love this because for me, this is, I think, the ultimate form of, um, you know, doing a magazine interview or, or a radio or TV is so manicured. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's so manicured. And something like this that's real and open and honest, um, you know, I love it. I think it's just, I think it's amazing. So, you, um, you said something that I, I'd like for you to go in detail a bit more. So you, you said when you were 27 years old, you wanted to be famous. And now you've reflected on what that meant. Is it what you thought it would be? <laughs> Another good question. <laughs> well, you're giving them to me, man. I'm just, you're, I'm listening to what you're saying and you're giving them to me. Is it what <clears throat> parts of it were? You know, parts of it were, I, um, you know, something I've really reflected on in the last, I would say, two to three years of my life, let's say two years of my life is ego, what ego is, um, you know, the stories we tell ourselves about who we are, and what we should be. Um, you know, one thing I learned is that, you know, so much of who we think we are, who we think we should be comes and stems from childhood and how we were treated and our experiences and traumas and things like that. So 
You know, I think one of the things that I've always struggled with and, and I think many people who want to be in the spotlight do is being seen and being heard, feeling like they're enough and just look at me, look at me. So, you know, to answer your question, parts of it were, you know, um, five years ago, I'd have people start shaking and say, oh, that's Doug McNish, that's Doug McNish, and they want their picture taken with me. Well, the ego loves that. Who doesn't? I, I, there's very few people in the world who would say, oh, I don't, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, the social media and you know, my son a few years ago was only three or three and a half years old and he was getting recognized at the park. And wow. that, and that felt weird. That felt really weird. Um, so, you know, I didn't expect that. Um, you know, I, with great, I think it's from star Wars with great power comes great responsibility. It is. And, um, it's true, you know, and I'm not saying I was powerful or am powerful or anything like that, but I think it's when you hit a certain level, it doesn't just, you have to work for that and you have to be mindful of, of certain things. So I don't know. It, it, parts of it, yes, you know, in terms of your original question, I think parts of it are what I thought it would be. Um, parts of it weren't what I would thought it would be. There, there's been a lot of people who have, people look at you different, differently. And, um, you need to sort of, one thing I've learned is you need to keep a close circle of friends mm -hmm. and you need to be mindful of what you say and who you say it to, because when you get to a certain level, I've learned people will say things about you that may or may not be true, but you're up here and they might be down here. So they look at you differently. And, and I think that, that, that's a really, that was, has been a really tough pill to swallow because I'm a very jovial person I'm very like I'm very straightforward I'm very jovial I have a potty mouth I swear I listen to rap music you know I so that's who I am um but uh yeah I don't know it's, it's again I love these questions <laughs> well uh, here's another one for you the you said something that hits close to hit hits close to home for me because if I look at my background I look from I come from a I've made a lot of mistakes when I was younger. Luckily enough, I never had to go to jail. And I look back at all the people that are still from the town that I'm from. They're still doing very similar things. They haven't changed much. And then I look at what I've become. And I realize that in order to grow, in order to become the more successful you become, then less and less of those original people that you knew in your childhood, in your teen years, and even in your 20s and 30s, the less and less of those people stay around if they don't grow with you. And I know that people hate, right? People will talk shit about you. They will say things about you, like you said, that are not necessarily true. And it normally stems out of jealousy. Is that something that you've you you've learned to live with because you have to right with success people will not like the fact that you're changing because you have to change the more successful you become the more you change because you're like you said earlier there's work to this it's it's not something that just falls on your lap so the more work you do the more work you do on yourself the more you're going to change the more you're going to be, become successful 
Is that something you deal with still to this day? Do you still have, does it hurt you? Some of the people that used to be in your life and they're not necessarily there because they're not the best of influence. Is that something you've, you've dealt with? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not a trick question, brother. No, 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 no. I'm just, listen, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I, I have a set of, of, I have a talent. I have a gift for making food taste and look really good. I know this. This is not ego. This is not anything. After I've been doing this for so long now, it's almost 25 years. And I just, I have this talent and this gift. And, you know, I've taken a lot of risks, <laughs> a lot of risks. And some are calculated. Some are just, let's try this. Let's see what happens. You know, let's throw $3,000 at something and see what happens. And it's scary as hell, um, you know, playing with your own money, um, getting investors, guiding people. And, you know, I think that what people don't understand is the amount of risk and the amount of fear that goes into doing what someone like me does. Um, there are times where I will work a hundred hours straight in, in, you know, in a week or two and not make any money. And there's times where I might work five hours and I'll have, you know, X amount of dollars come into my bank account. And that's scary. That's something you have to learn to live with. And, and I think that, you know, so to answer your question, people look at you like you're on this pedestal because you might have a gift or a talent or you're taking more risk than them. And at the end of the day, we're all human beings. I think what it comes down to is, are they taking risks? Maybe mm -hmm. this isn't their time. Maybe their time comes five years from now. Um, you know, uh, that's why I don't like comparison. And that's why I don't like social media. I think social media is toxic unless it's, unless you are, you have the tools to understand what it is. Um, So to answer your question, I mean, I'm still a softie at heart. I always will be, you know, whether I have five cooking shows on the Food Network, whether I write another five cookbooks, whether I cook for the Queen of England, I'm always going to be who I am, especially in my heart. And having people say things about you, um, no, I mean, I don't like it <laughs> because it hurts. So maybe we'll have another interview a year from now and I'll say, well, now it doesn't bother me now. I don't think that that's true. I think it will always bother me. But yeah. one of the things I've come to understand is that when people say things about you, whether they are true or not, they're generally speaking from their own traumas and their own hurts. And they're lashing out because they haven't dealt with their shit yet. They need to deal with their shit. And, um, I mean, I think I'll, you know, I'll sort of leave that question there at that. And, you know, I, the one thing I'll say too is the thing that social media has given people is an ability to dehumanize each other. You know, at the end of the day, whether you're sitting in Northern Quebec or Toronto or California or Stockholm, Sweden, we're all human beings, you know, and, 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 I, I just hope that, that we start to understand that a little bit more because 
we need to come together as human beings, in my opinion, right now. And we need to stop creating these lines of you're Democrat, you're Republican, you this, you this, you this, you this. We need to listen to each other, <laughs> you know? So um, I don't know if that answers your question. I just went off on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> well, what you're saying reminds me of what Mike Tyson said once. He said that because of social media, people have been way too comfortable saying what they wanted to say without consequences of getting punched in the mouth for it. And it's not word for word, but the gist of it is I see it. Even me, I see it all the time. People, the words that people use towards me, the messages that I receive or what people tell to each other. If I'm on somebody else's post and I just see how people are speaking to each other. I it blows my mind. I used to do a lot of um, political videos. I had nothing to do with veganism, just politics. And a few of them were extremely successful. And I was doing that with my best friend. And I, I told him after the second or the third one, I was looking at the, the comments and I'm like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I can't have people come and having thousands of comments of people calling themselves names. It's like that was not the point of the video. You guys are not getting what we're trying to say. I'm just going to stop doing this. I can't be responsible for people hating on each other. Yeah. Social media is a tool. Like you said, you have to understand that then you, it, you have to understand the demon you're playing with. It can be very good, but it can be very bad. Yeah, it can be very good. It can be very bad. And I think that, um, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, there is so much data out there to show us how these companies actually manipulate us, how they use, how they use, you know, they've invested millions of dollars into psychology to, to get us addicted to it. And it's quote for free. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we all know now it's, they, they mine for our data. They take our, everything we, we say, but they have put us in a bit of a, a corner because if we have a product or a service to offer, Yep. There's there's very little else we can do right now. Um, I was just reading yesterday about the uh, the brand Lush, yep. um, um, and the owner and the company they've taken themselves off social media for the holidays. I think it's fucking brilliant. Um, and they said, you know, screw Facebook, screw Instagram, screw all these things. We're taking ourselves off. And I think it's brilliant. But at the same time, you know, the article did say, are they going to lose revenue? You know, I guess they will have metrics to determine after how much revenue they lost and if they were able to figure something else out. Um, I deleted my Facebook last month. Uh, I did have a following on there as well, but I just said, you know what? There is no marketing or dollar value that is worth being on here, in my opinion. Mm. I don't care. I, I just, I don't care. So I've deleted it and I don't plan on ever going back to it. Um, now Instagram, I'm still using, but you know, I've chosen to try and use it for good and spread, um, positivity and spread change. And, um, so far so good. I mean, I'm, I am enjoying it and, uh, I'm getting messages from people saying, thank you for posting that it's helped my day. And, and, you know, so I, I figure if I can help anyone at all with it, then it's worth it for me. Completely agree with you. I, I have the mindset that when I'm you, I'm not the type that scrolls down uh, for hours on my feeds. I don't really do that. There's a few people I follow that I check what they do, 
But except for that, I like to post and interact with people. That's what I know what I'm doing. When I'm picking up my phone to go on Instagram, I'm not there to randomly check at stuff. I always have the mindset that this is what I'm going to do. Once I'm done, I put the cell phone down. Mm. But that's good. That, that's good. And that's what we all need to be doing right now. Yeah. Um, my mindfulness teacher, you know, she told me every time before you pick up your phone and go to check social media, every single time, ask yourself first, how am I doing? How am I doing? Instead of looking at others and seeing how they're doing, ask yourself, how am I doing? And that's helped me a lot. So. Yeah. Have, being mindful and knowing the reason why you're doing something too. Instead of, because as you were saying earlier, the Instagram, the Facebooks, the Twitters, they know how our brain works. They know how our hormones are being released. They know how dopamine works. So they know exactly how to trigger it. And they know the little alarms that says, oh, you have that many messages, how it spikes your, it spikes your dopamine. And you're like, ooh, let's see what's that. So yeah, being able to pick up your phone and say, you know what, why am I doing this? Is this an ego thing? Am I just going to get brushed? Am I just going to brush my ego? Is there something about what I'm going to do? It's clever. It's true. You have to be careful. You absolutely have to be careful. And, you know, my mindfulness teacher and I, we talk about it all the time. And it it, it can be so dangerous. And, you know, I, um, um, you know, I was attacked online uh, last year. And um, before I talk about that, one of the things that led me to after that happened was I started going on the messaging forums and um, things of the social dilemma, which was a movie that came out last year about how Facebook and social media. Yeah, work. that's on Facebook, Instagram, how bots are running the whole thing in the background. Is that, the, yeah, is well, that what you're I, talking about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, just in general, how, how it works and how they manipulate us. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many I was on one. Um, it was every other Friday they were doing this and it was a, virtual meetup during the pandemic and they had topics. And the one topic was uh, that really hit home for me was um, people who had been attacked on social media. And there was a woman that spoke and her son was uh, viciously attacked on Snapchat. And he was, uh, I don't know, 14 or 15 or 16 years old and um, unknown people just started calling him terrible names terrible names and he committed suicide he killed himself and i cried with her we all cried and it was just such a a awful story but then throughout the conference it went on about how literally this is what these things are built for is built on dopamine you know it's built to capture our attention and what captures our attention better than controversy or conflict right it's it's how media works these days. It's how social media works. I, I could post a picture of, you know, um, me talking about meditation and it might get two comments and 50 likes. And I have yep. 38,000 followers. But if I post something that's controversial, 20 times that, 20 times that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there you go. This just tells you right away, like how it works. And uh, yeah, just uh it can be a scary place to be in. So kudos to you for having the foresight to uh, think about it before you go and scroll. And, and, you know, I like to get in, do my thing and try and get out. (laughs) I think that's important. It's um, as you said, if you have a message, you have a business, you have a service to offer, 
those platforms are, if you understand those platforms, they're perfect way to do marketing. But if you're just on there because you're bored, that is where it becomes extremely dangerous. Those things are vicious. Yeah, I mean, you're comparing yourself to others. I think that that's what it is. And most of us are not posting when we get in a fight with our family or our significant yeah. other. We're not posting when we go on the scale and we gain five pounds. We're not posting when we're hungover and saying, oh, I feel like we're posting the stuff we want people to see, right? Of course. And that just gets in your subconscious. And you think, oh, why can't I do that? They can do that. And I did that for a long time, you know? Um, I, I used to do influencer style stuff and I've just taken a hard stance against that now because I found that, you know, a brand would pay you a thousand dollars or 2000 or whatever it was. And, but if it didn't do well in terms of likes and comments, you're a failure in their eyes. And I think that is just such fucking bullshit. Yeah. Fucking bullshit because I am who I am. I'm a father. I'm a husband. You know, I'm a, I think I'm a good human being trying to make a difference in this world. And um, yeah, I don't know. So that's my, that's my sort of two cents on that. Um, There was a topic that we, you kind of touched about it, like from two years ago. Are you still good with uh, talking about what we've learned to call cancel culture? Yeah. I mean, I'm good to talk about it. Of course. I, It was just a year ago, just over a year ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, it touches on what we talked about before and that, you know, people, I think the norm now is to dehumanize each other online and, and not treat each other like we're human beings that deserve dignity and, and respect like everyone else. And um, I'm not saying that cancel, well, first of all, the term cancel culture, I think is, is nonsense. Um, you know, but I think that the way we need to make change in this world is actually by talking to each other. It's by listening. And if someone makes a mistake in the past, we need to talk about that. One of the things I try and teach my little boy almost every day is the best way to learn as a human being and grow is to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no other way really to learn and grow, you need to make a mistake. I, I, I say it to any of my clients or any of the younger cooks that work in any of the businesses that I'm part of. I say, you're going to mess everything up. You're going to burn the garlic once you're going to burn the tofu. You're, you're going to make the dressing taste like shit, but guess what? After you do that, you'll never do that again. <clears throat> and, and I think that's where cancel culture falls short because it just, it just says, well, this person thinks differently than me. This person said this at this point and they're wrong and they're not allowed to make a living and they are terrible, evil human beings. Well, number one, where's the change in that? Where's the change? Where's the growth? Number two, you know, I think that we need to understand that not everyone thinks like us full stop. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, do you agree with me? A thousand percent. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. We're all, we're all different. And the biggest issue that I'm seeing right now is that nobody's ready to talk to each other. It's, you know, I've done a lot of research on this and 
I was trying to get a hard number, but I can't find it. But from what I've read, we probably agree, like as human beings, we probably agree on 80 or 90% of things. We, we want to make enough money to be able to afford a good life for ourselves, for our family. We want to have time off so that we can pursue what makes us happy. We want to have time to just do nothing so that we can relax. All we want is to be happy, basically, is all we want as human beings is to be able to be happy. And that's probably 90% of what we want. But we tend, instead of, instead of agreeing and talking about how much things we have in common, we argue and insult each other on that 10% of things. I, you know, I always think in my head, I always think in a school way, if I had 90% on an exam, that means that I've understood 90% of what I was taught and 10% I didn't understand. If I had 90%, I'm fucking happy, man. If I understood 90% of what the teacher taught me, I'm good. So why isn't that we do not see relationship between each other the same way? If you agree with 90% of things with somebody else, why not take that 10% and see where you can learn and see are they, do you believe that they have a point or they're wrong? And even if they are wrong, even if you're in, in your opinion, that 10% that you disagree with, you believe that they're wrong. That doesn't give you the right to start insulting them, to start calling them names, to start wanting them to lose their livelihood because you don't agree with someone. How many people do I know that I don't agree with? And you know what? They're brilliant people and I love those people. And we both know that we don't agree on certain things. And you know what? Who gives a fuck? That's the difference between me and you. I'm sure that if we talk long enough, there's things you're going to say. I'm going to be, nope, I don't agree with you. But I'll still listen to your opinion. I'll still give you mine politely. And we'll agree to disagree. And you know what? Maybe I'm going to learn something. Maybe what I think is wrong, you'll explain it in a way that I've never thought about it before. And you'll change the way I see things. How do you think I learned? You think I, I was born and I knew everything? Fuck no. I've had some people show me that I was wrong. And then I'm like, oh shit, maybe I'm supposed to learn something here. This is why I love Buddhism. Because <laughs> this is why Buddhism, this is why it resonates with me. Because now I think more, I, I have a, humility is tough for people. Admitting that they don't know something or everything is tough. It comes back to the ego, the story we tell ourselves, we tell ourselves of who we are. And, you know, I think the Buddhist way is, well, what if that person's right? What if I am wrong? Or simply, as you said, what if this person has something to teach me? And mm -hmm. I think that it's very difficult to get to that level. And I'm not saying I am completely. I still put my back up sometimes. Well, I have 25 years experience. I've written four cookbooks. <laughs> you know how to, well, wait a sec, Doug. You know, what if they do know how to julienne orange peel better than you? Don't you want to learn that? And, you know, so coming back to cancel culture, it's, you know, it's, it's like, witch, burn the witch at the stake, witch, witch. Well, don't yep. you want to give the witch, an, like, we used to consider witches people who, you know, use herbs and medicine. Yep. I mean, now the turmeric industry is one of the biggest industries in the world. So 
a hundred years ago, we would have burned the person with, you know, drinking a turmeric tea, but now it's something that, you know, venture cap invests into. That's not what I'm drinking. This is not turmeric that I have in my tea right now. Uh, well, it is, it is cold and maybe it's whiskey, but I, we won't talk about that. No, but it is a turmeric. I have fresh oh, turmeric in there. There you so, go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but, I'm a witch. But, your point, but the point is, we're all different. We all don't agree on everything. And that's where we need to be okay with it. And, you know, now is the worst time for it. You know, vaccines and no vaccines and this and that. And it's just like, wow, we're not, it's almost like the, 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 we're not allowed to think differently. Like this idea of everyone is the same is, is bullshit. We're not. You know, I have left views on certain things and I have right views. I think we need to save the environment. We're fucking the world up, you know. Yep. But at the same time, you know, I don't think necessarily green energy or whatever that's called in all government terms is the complete right way to go. Yep. So there, you know, and, and and I think that's the beautiful thing about life. And But coming back to cancel culture, you know, a lot of people called me a lot of really terrible things. And the majority of them, I didn't even know who they were. Mm. and talk about dehumanizing someone. Yeah. I was here holding my little boy, my arms, my wife was here, and I'm in my home right now, and they, these things started to come on my computer screen that I am this and I am, and I was like, what? And it really, it, it killed me, my friend. Like, I was just beside myself reading these things, and it caused me to do a lot of soul-searching, and it caused me to do a lot of thinking. And, you know, it's true. When I was younger, I wasn't the best version of myself. Uh, you know, I didn't have the tools to understand why I was saying the things I would say or how I would act. Or, you know, I was in a very toxic business relationship. And that really was hard for me. I was trying to prove myself. Uh, you know, I was drinking 15 coffees a day. And that's not good for the nervous system. Yeah. I, I stopped working out. I stopped exercising. I did not meditate. I was scared of that word. <laughs> um, you know, I was not sleeping properly. I wasn't taking care of myself. So of course I wasn't able to do a, a good job of everything else, you know? Um, but all these years later, and, you know, I had one person from elementary school come and say something that I was a piece of shit. And, you know, when I was nine years old, I probably, I was, I was a bully, but I'll tell you something that came down to, and it's taken a long time for me to understand this was my parents suffered from mental illness. I had a very difficult upbringing. And when my time at home was the worst was when I actually lashed out the worst at school. So while what happened was incredibly difficult and I still deal with a little bit of trauma from that. I'm grateful for it in a way because it really did help me understand why were you an asshole when you were nine years old? You know, were you an asshole when you were 22? You know, you know, all these things. So it, it did help me in a way. Um, but, you know, and just in closing about all that, I will say that cancel culture, I've, I've read a lot about in the last year and studied because I didn't even know the term before this happened to me. Um, most of the time, the people who get attacked don't change. In fact, if they are, quote, bad people, they get worse. And at the end of the day, if someone is bad or if what they do is bad, as human beings, we should want them to change. 
we shouldn't want them to become, you know, worse. Uh, so I, I just, you know, anyone listening, I just think that that's something they need to think about whenever they read something online or see something about someone, you know, take it with a grain of salt and understand that, you know, this happened, this could have happened a long time ago. And I don't know about you, my friend, but I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Nope. You know, I, I've changed. I, I meditated for an hour this morning. And even in this morning, I was like, came to a realization about something else in my life. So yeah, very difficult, very challenging time. Um, you know, in a way I'm grateful it happened. And, you know, I will, one last final thing is any of the people that said anything about me, my door is still open to them. I've said it from the beginning. Um, I've asked them uh, to talk to me and no one will talk to me, not one of them. So I'm here for you. If you're listening, I'd love to talk with an open heart and open mind and I'll leave it at that. That's um, good on you. Good on you for giving them that opportunity i i doubt unfortunately that it's gonna happen but i hope it does because it is as you said it's it's amazing that we feel the need to do that to each other because i'm sure you can go through my past you'll find something you don't like i'm sure i can go through anybody's past and i will look at what you did and i could say you know what ah you were wrong you're you're an asshole you're this you're that you don't deserve to work anymore fuck off lose lose everything you've worked for because of one stupid comment that you said 10 years ago everybody has that the only difference now is if you're somewhat known or you're known like you are and you're you have a good presence online unfortunately for you it's easy to track you down it's easy to go back to go back through your history. How many people have gone through histories? I don't remember. What's the shit? What's the name of the comedian, the little black guy? He's super short. He's funny as hell. Kevin Hart. He's, Kevin Hart. Thank you. When he got canceled for the Oscar, somebody went back like 10 years ago because he said one comment. So because he's famous, a lot of the stuff that he says is online. And People saw that and they're like, yeah, no, sorry, canceled. Instead of looking at that and say, wow, has he ever changed in the past 10 years? Have you seen the way, the growth that he's been through from that comment to today? And celebrate that instead of complaining of how he was 10 years ago. I mean, yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head and... You know, for me, I had a lot of people saying I was transphobic mm. and, um, because I dead named someone and, and it was, you know, I had another staff member wanting me to call them they, them. And this is 2015. And I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. And this staff member, instead of educating me, you know, took it upon themselves to attack, mm. uh, you know, and, and since then I have, I've taken gender sensitivity training because I feel like we all do need to we all do need to respect and understand other people's lived experiences. Um, and, you know, and I understand now what I did in their eyes was wrong, but I didn't have the tools to know that. And if we don't have the tools to know that attacking is not the right way. And again, it comes down to education and listening. We need to listen to each other. We need to be open to each other and, uh, and we need to work on our shit. 
all of us. All of us need to work on our shit because we all have it. We all have it. Um, Oprah wrote a book this year with a doctor. I can't remember his name, but it's, it's a fantastic book. And it's about how from the age of zero to six, basically it can shape your entire life. Yep. So those of us that weren't, you know, lucky enough to have a quote, normal household, I don't know, whatever that means, um, it can screw us up for our whole lives. So if any of our parents were addicted to drugs or alcohol or gambling or porn, or our parents yelled and fought with each other, or we had an unstable household, that stays in here. You know, and I feel like social media is the perfect way just to get that out. Instead of dealing with your shit, it just helps get it out. So I'm, I'm very opinionated about this. And honestly, I hope to, one of the things that this made me try and understand and appreciate was if I was a 12 or 13 year old girl or boy and gone through what I went through, I yeah. probably would have committed suicide. And, mm-hmm. and this is, is not acceptable. So I'm looking at ways where I could maybe start a foundation or do some work to help children on social media. Um, my son's in grade one and he's already starting to learn about social media. So I have a talk with his teacher actually next week scheduled. We're going to talk a little bit about that because uh, it's scary. It can be scary. So yeah, I don't know. The world, the world is an interesting place. I think we don't, we aren't, we aren't born with the tools for it. And generally speaking, generations before us have not given us the tools to understand it properly. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to change that in my son. And I, I feel like generations now are starting to pick up and get better and just teach the children, you know, this is life and this is how you experience it. And, and this is, this is sort of the way that you can approach it, you know? So I could go on and on about this. <laughs> I think there's, um, I've reflected on this for a long time. I've been thinking about this for years. And what I see is not only do not do we not have the tools, because it's not tools that are given to us naturally. They need to be learned. We, we don't seem to cherish the mentor relationship anymore. It's like the reason I'm where I am right now is I was able to identify people that had knowledge that I wanted. And they decided to share it with me, making me a better person in the process. And this is something that today it seems I can speak with little boys. I'm not a girl. I wasn't raised as a girl, so I can't really speak to that subject. But I know that as a young man, especially in my younger teens, I was looking for a mentor, a guide, a coach, whatever you want to call it. I was looking. My dad wasn't there. I didn't have a dad growing up, so I did not have that male figure to show me what it is to be a man. And I always looked for it. And unfortunately, young men were kind of stupid. So we look for that person in all the wrong places. We we believe or we see somebody that we think it's cool while that person knows what's going on. So let's learn from that person. So that's another thing that we're lacking where we miss that uh, mentor with student relationship, not necessarily school, not teacher in school, but school of life, for example, understanding what makes you, what can you do to be better and what are the mistakes that you're going to have to make in order to be successful? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of, I think a lot of, you know, you and I are similar in age and I think a lot of it for men, especially is also about being vulnerable, you know, even Mm -hmm. even going to a mentor, 
um, yep. it's being vulnerable. It's saying, I don't know stuff. Can you teach me? And that's for a lot of men, that's very difficult. And, you know, again, um, you know, so kudos to you for, for making those changes. And, um, you know, for me, it's really only been, I didn't even know how to be vulnerable slash couldn't be vulnerable until three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had one best chef in Toronto. I had written the books. I had done TV. I had opened a hot restaurant. And at the same time I was crumbling on the inside and, and yeah. you know, my wife was threatening to leave me and I had put on 70 pounds and, Oof. but you know, I think part of it, a big part of it was not being able to be vulnerable as a man. It was like, I didn't know what to say, or I, I certainly didn't have it in me at that time to say I need help. And um, so I I feel like it's so important for for people like myself, people like you who have come to that realization that say, it's okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to say you need help and it's important to be vulnerable, you know? And um, so, so kudos to you for doing that, my friend. And, I think each one teach one is important. And, you know, I, again, for social, social media for me is now more than marketing. It's just like, if anything that I've learned or continue to learn can help you in any way, that's what makes me feel good. Not bragging and showing off my food or being on an airplane or whatever. So, You know, one thing I've learned over the past year is I've been doing a lot of uh, free hugs. I show up to, busy places in Montreal with a sign and my buddy filming and we just start giving hugs to people. And I'm a six foot one, 205 pound guy, bald headed. I'm covered in tattoos. I don't have the necessarily the look of the person that would do that. But if you knew how many grown men were coming in for hugs and they weren't hugging me as in a little hug, they're hugging and I can feel the power behind the hug. It's, I think that for most men, they want to be vulnerable. They just don't know how to, and they just need the opportunity to do so, which is what those free hugs uh, events made me realize that they are there, they want to be vulnerable, and a lot of them are not ashamed of it, nor should they. They shouldn't be ashamed of being vulnerable, on the contrary. But I think that they just need to be given the opportunity and they will take it. You know, first of all, I love that. I might copy your idea. Um, It's not my idea. I copied it from somebody else, man. It's not a (laughs) I didn't copy it. I I just copied it. Sorry. Didn't come up with it. No, you know, we emotions, emotions are held in the body. (laughs) And unless they're released, they hold in the body. And they, they can be extremely toxic for the body and they need to be released. And, and I think men, we're, we, we fucking suck at releasing them. Even I still do. I have all this, you know, what I consider to be all this work, you know, daily meditation for three to four years and just all of this work that I've put in. And I still find myself out of nowhere. I'll just start bawling, crying. Yeah. And my wife would be like, what's up? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but I've come to understand that it's just some bullshit in me that now has to come out. That's like, that's like the hip hop way. Like this is some, some bullshit. This has to come out. And unless you prod it and pull it out, it's going to stay there. And it's going to stay there in the form of negative thoughts or extra body fat or, 
you know, your posture could be like this and you could just be angry. And so, you know, again, you know, kudos to you for doing the hug thing. I think that's amazing. And to any men listening, you know, it's important to just seek out the help, talk to people, um, reach out, you you know, you're not a pussy. I think that's the biggest thing that I had. I'll I'll be like a softy. Um, you know, it's not like that. And the more you're vulnerable, the more you talk about your quote flaws, um, the stronger you are, you know, and, and, and the change that comes after that is just fucking amazing. I can tell you from personal experience, it's just amazing. So yeah, anyone listening, any men, don't worry about that stuff. Meditate, do whatever you got to do. You want to chant, you want to do the sound bowls, you want to pray to God, anything, whatever makes you feel like you're a better person, I say go for it, 100%. Uh, one thing uh, one thing I do is I do coach, uh, I, I am a life coach too, and I coach especially vegan people or people that are interested in veganism. And that's one of the things that I talk to my clients all the time is living your emotions. That's another thing that we're ashamed of. It's like, as you said, you're, you're, you feel like crying, you know, I have those moments too, but you know what I do? I will make it happen. If I feel that I feel like I need to cry, I'll find a movie because I'm an emotional guy. I'll find a movie that I know makes me cry. I'll watch it. I'll cry. And then afterwards I'm like, well, there you go. My emotions gone. You have to live it. It's like, we're ashamed to being mad. We're ashamed to being uh, in a crying mood. We, it's okay to hurt. If you feel like spending the day under your blanket and a little ball, you know what? Do it. You're, you can't fight with it. You'll never win that battle. You're just going to bring it down and down and down. And one day it's going to blow in your face and you won't understand what happened. Just let it out. Let it be. It's all good. All good. And honestly, my friend, that happened to me <laughs> in November of 2017. I, I, I was, I burnt out. I, I, and, and it happened to me and, you know, I will never let it happen again. So um, good for you. For me, it's Johnny Cash Hurt. I can oh, watch. Shit. Yeah. I cry every time I hear that song. Damn. Every time that song kills me. Yeah. 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 That, that man had a career and his wife, you know, she died and then he did that video, did that song. And then he died because he got it all out. And to me, I can watch that and boom, I'm done. You know? So uh there is uh i read his bio one of his biographies that's uh johnny cash men in white talks about his whole story where he's from wow what a messed up that dude was messed up he had he's had a really strange life very very strange life and the fact that he found well he always had god in his life that he he loved him and he hated him like it's his life is very interesting, but if you get a chance to read uh, Men in White, which is his biography, beautiful. Like you get emotional, right? Like reading it, especially if you know his songs. If you listen to his songs and you start to understand the pain that he's under when he's recording those songs, you understand why he was so successful. Yeah, you know, and then what I love about that is I feel like it's the the most prolific people that whatever they do have experienced the most the most pain the most suffering the most hurt taking the most risks you know so um you know to everyone has a story and just to understand that and coming back to it again if you want growth if you want change 
you got to go through the hard stuff. The hard stuff is what makes us who we are. So I will look out for that book, my friend, because I am a big Johnny Cash fan. You'll like it. I like that book. It's uh, it's interesting because I just wrote a post earlier about uh, the the only constant in life is change, and how our it all depends on our mindset on how we see it. Because the day you accept that the only control that you have is your emotions and your reactions, those are the only things you control in life. The situation, the circumstances that will happen to you are not necessarily of your own doing you are sometimes just a you're just there and it tends to happen but the way you react to those situations that's 100 on you and it's it's all a mindset eh? it's really how you see how you see what happens it's all about being mindful like you were saying earlier if you're capable of being in the moment and realizing okay hold on this is going on okay who i got to be careful this is i can feel something rising in me okay i need a minute to to know that you need to retire you need to take a, a moment to just let that one go oh, it's uh i did not expect our conversations to go there i like it i'm really mm-hmm. happy yeah. um we've been going for about 50 minutes so i'll uh I, i got one more question for you before i let you go i ask every person i've ever spoken to so if you had the chance to speak to your 14 year old self what would you tell him it will be okay it will be okay I think that's something I journal to myself all the time you know I'm a risk taker I am admittedly a worrier sometimes you know but um it will be okay. And I think that that is something that everyone needs to know. And at the end of life, we're going to look back and be like, you're okay. Why did I worry so much? So I think that. You know, if uh, we were face to face, I would have hugged you. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing to be able to tell yourself that good on you. Um, I don't know if you had anything else to, if you had anything else you wanted to add or anything else you wanted to say. No, I just think that it is so important right now um, with all of the division in the world that we treat each other with respect and we listen with an open heart and try not to get our backs up. There is so much going on in the world right now that is just so Sometimes I can't even believe the world we're living in when I see the things I see. Um, and just to take a step back and say, oh, what if they're right? I think that that is just so important. What if I don't know everything? What if what I'm saying is wrong? Um, I think that that is so important right now. So I think that. Beautiful way to end it. I couldn't agree with you more, brother. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy we got to speak. I hope. Uh, I get to go to Toronto soon and we get to meet face to face. I'd love that. Uh, thank, thank you so much for taking the time. Of course, my friend, thank you for what you're doing and um, all the best to you. Thank you very much.